Blog Talk Radio. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Steel Wars Call-In Show. I'm not sure if everyone else heard how weird that theme music played, but anyway, I am comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And over the next hour, we will be taking your calls on the Rogue One trailer. So if you are listening to this live, all the details are there on the site for you. I know I've got a bunch of people already in the chat room. Uh, Not chatting, just sitting there. If you've got any questions you want to ask, if you don't want to call in, feel free to write a question there and we'll get to that. My co-host, for today, he is the editor-in-chief of MakingStarWars.net.net, Mark Hamill. Welcome, Jason Ward. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm going great, Jason. What an exciting couple of days to be a Star Wars fan, buddy. Yeah, man. I, I think I watched that trailer about 15 times. 15 <laughs> like, times? I... I yeah, I know. That's, I know everybody wants to say, like, like everybody wants to say, I saw it a hundred times. But, I mean, like, in reality, like, 15 times is a lot for a two-minute trailer. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen people do brag that the 50 times or the 100 times, and I just want to comment, get a life. Get out there. <laughs> Live uh, a little. It, just and if a you've got bit. that much free time, make a podcast. Right? We make need more podcasts. of those. Uh, quickly, Jason, uh, we've got some people yeah. hitting, uh, the getting on hold right now, so don't dally, call in. But what was your what, what was your major pro and con of the trailer? My major pro was that I I liked that it showed the a lot of the stuff about the characters. It was like this trailer was a more character driven piece than the previous ones that were just like, oh, she's a badass and she's in trouble. This kind of like delved into the backstory. So that was my big pro to it. My, my, my con, if I had to have one, would kind of be that it, the Vader stuff is just almost inconsequential. Like we didn't really need it. And the Jedi statue, that one, man, I hope the backstory on that is like some people from the Church of the Force went and made that or something. Because that's like a Jedi statue. That's like the most un-Jedi thing that it, there could be. It's a giant statue of yourself. That's like a Palpatine kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's a little bit Lord of the Rings-ish in its like sort of visual stimuli. So you would, like in the prequels, I think in Attack of the Clones, we saw some Jedi, you know, statues of like in the library and stuff. But you, you think this is different because yeah. of the, the size? Well, I, I mean, a little bit, but also remember the uh, Jedi and Attack of the Clones? That's like the worst the Jedi ever got. Like, those guys were about to get wiped out because they sucked, because they did everything wrong. And so if we're going to go back to showing these, these statues, you would think that it, these, that, that it looked old to me, so I'm assuming it's from, like, a different era, and that it would have been when the Jedi were more pure or more on point. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So, 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 but, but like, like I was saying, if it's like the Jedi Mecca, if it's where, you know, everybody goes and makes their pilgrimage, it's not out of the question that just some dudes that weren't Jedi that just kind of thought the Jedi were great decided to donate it. Like Space France might have donated that to, Je- to the Jedi, you know, I don't know. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. they, obviously, they obviously weren't inside watching a trailer 50 times. <laughs> no, no. No, they were they were making giant presents that no one has the room for. That's right. Yeah, when I first saw it, and I I, I sort of get shocked that people didn't see it, that, like, mm-hmm. it's been listed as an Easter egg. I was like, really? That's all I saw in that shot. But at first, I wasn't sure if it was, like, a rock formation or a, uh, a fallen statue, but definitely upon, uh, you know, a second viewing, it does seem like... It's a uh, a statue that went whoa. Yep. Um, yeah. Especially a, when you a see a, the uh, the uh, saber broken. 
Yeah, a bit of a Mount Jedi more. Can we call it mm-hmm. that? Mount Jedi more. Sure. Okay, great. Yeah, sure. I yeah. for me, Cannon. Um, <laughs> um, I did a reaction with Maud Garrett uh, from Geek Bomb, who was on the LA podcast uh, episode with you, Jason. And the video, the little Maud half, which is a nine-minute video, is up now. But my full-length hour breakdown that we did, you know, we did the traditional Steel Wars watching the trailer for the first time while podcasting. Uh, that should be up in the next 24 hours. I had a, a slight technical issue that held that up. But my con would be... Yeah. I, I did sort of flinch a little bit at the sort of punny... Well, not punny, but the, the mention of the name of the movie. Never a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> Never... I, yeah, I, I saw back... We have to go back, back to the future. Yeah, right. I, well, that I guess that's the, the 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 one that proves the rule that's wrong. I guess because Back to the Future <laughs> absolutely ruled. But yeah, just the mentioning of hope yeah. and, and Rogue One, I was a little bit. But I thought it ended flat. I, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. just because we're like have been trained to wait for the black and then and then get a surprise. You know, ever since yeah. the, um, probably back to the Chewy Wear Home, uh, may have been the first one like that. But when it went to black, I was sort of like, here we go, here we go. And then what came up was just the StarWars.com making me want to watch other YouTube video clips sort of thing. So I, I, I sort of thought well, the, last, the last shot was just the like Bodhi Rook running yeah. from the Adapt. I, I thought it was like, right. oh, that, that's your closer? Yeah. I mean, that is a pretty cool shot, but, I mean, I, I'm with you. There wasn't, like, a, there wasn't a huge bang at the end. It, it just was kind of like it kept its pace, and then it was, like, over. I mean, I'm, I guess the, the best thing you could say about it is that it, they didn't put a, a moment out there like, like that that we should see in the film for the first time in terms mm-hmm. of execution. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, but that's kind of how I, I feel about Vader at this point because the stuff we've had with Vader in the uh, trailers has just been, like, so, like, why bother? You know, like, we see the back of his head and then now we see him walk out like he's in an 80s music video with, like, a fog machine. And it's, like, though it wasn't... It, it, it's it's kind of, like, I, I almost think that it at that point they should have just saved it for the, for the film, you know, to see it in action, but... I also think that yeah, we're going to get uh, 99 TV spots that probably play the whole movie out by the time it comes out. Anyway. Oh, I can't stand the TV spots. Like the Force Awakens ones, it was like, enough! Enough with the new <laughs> clips and the dialogue and the, the posts I have to read on Facebook about them. But um, the pro, we will get to the calls in two seconds. My pro was definitely the power we are dealing with here is immeasurable. Fist clenched. Mendo. So Helen Vader, okay. how it is. What did it mean? Amazing. See, see, like, like when I saw it, I'm like, you want to think that's like he's drunk with power already, right? He's like, we're going to uh-huh. have a Death Star. We're going to be blowing up people. Greedos, planets, blowing up. We don't care, you know? Get them all back. And he's like, yeah. But also, is he just talking about um, Galen, Urso, and how he's not performing. Like, like, is he like actually telling him like, this is an immeasurable power Vader. This isn't just plugging in a couple of things. You know what I mean? And Vader's like, yeah, I worked on pods, man. I know about technology. <laughs> but like, like, so, <laughs> so, so it's like, where, where is this going? You know what I mean? Like, like, like so I'm curious as to what the context for the film, uh, uh, what I, that I, conversation I, actually is. I want to hear that line in James L. Jones's voice. <laughs> like, I worked on pods, man. <laughs> I know, I know technology. Yeah, exactly. maybe, maybe the power he was referring to was his white power that he uses to clean his cape every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 guy probably walks by Vader and gets streaked. They're probably like dying Vader's cloaks all the time. 
All right, so here's how it's going to go down. We have got about 50 minutes. We've already got four people on hold, so if you want to call in, do that. The details are on the Blog Talk Radio site. Uh, any calls we don't get to, we will do in bonus time, and that will end up on the Steel Wars supporter page. Let's go to our first caller. I, I just want to get this out of the way. I've had a bit of an annoying day on the internet with people's comments and, and, and just, some, just some uncoolness. So the Steel Wars podcast, it's where I'd like to think where cool fans come to discuss Star Wars, no matter what their views in a civilized manner. So let's keep it that way. Uh, 217, who are you and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Brian. I'm actually uh, calling from Illinois. Nice, Brian. What's on your mind with this Rogue One trailer? Uh, the Rogue One tra- trailer, first off, was... I thought it was amazing. I mean, typically with the Star Wars stuff, we just get, like, visual imagery. And I love it, and I loved it for The Force Awakens, but, like, this gave us some actual story. And I was like, okay, all the things that Jason's been talking about on MS, um, making MakingStarWars.net, now this is podcasting, like, everything you've talked about, like, we saw in this trailer, and it's proof of, like, you know, who Galen is and everything. Um, right. I, and... My question to you is, and I read your breakdown, and it's phenomenal on uh, on the website. You Thanks. you talk about the the destruction of Jeddah, and it looks. I believe that Jeddah has to be destroyed. It's like the Holy Land, and they're trying to wipe out, you know, the the Jedi from existence. And I mean, even Han Solo is talking about how you know, it's like you know, it's like a fairy tale, and 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 all these things later on. So. I, but it looked like the destruction of Jeddah that we saw in the trailer, it actually looked like the Star Destroyer crashing into the planet. So, I, I don't know, just the way that it looked. So, are, we, are you yeah. still thinking, like, that whole planet gets destroyed? Are you just thinking, like, maybe that 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 uh, that big city there, that Holy Land city gets destroyed? Yeah, in, in terms of, of the, um, I guess, the inside kind of side of that stuff, it could just be the uh, the uh, city. We always heard that it, you know it was kind of the whole thing going in. And in the uh, trailer, the first trailer or the second trailer, uh, teaser, he uh, saw Guerrero has a line that says like you know the, the planet is, is or the the world is collapsing or something like that. And when he says that, it's not like from what I understood, it was not like poetic. It wasn't like oh the world's going crazy because of imperialism. It was like literal, like the world is imploding or whatever he says. Right, and, uh, right. Yeah, and so, so in terms of, like, you know, people from around the set, we were always hearing, like, that was the, the fate of that world. But when you see the, uh, the uh, trailer, yeah, it, it looked to me like it was getting destroyed from, from the uh, Star Destroyer because in, in a shot, a few shots away from there, we see the, the um, like, the Death Star kind of, like, gunner-looking kind of guys. Not, not the gunners, but the other guys, but, like, the commanders. We see yeah. them looking at a view screen at Jedha's surface, and the, I think that is the shape of the city you see on the ground on the map. So, I think they might have just nuked it from orbit. But now, <laughs> one of my favorite things about this pre-movie Star Wars fandom is, is that we can see. And I did this. I remember doing this when I was a little kid. You see an image or a clip, and you imagine what it is. And well, yeah. I, I I remember seeing the Gamorrean guard underneath the red sail of the sail barge and thinking he was like in this red tent and, and, and having a total different view of what it was and thinking the trash compactor was an entire trash world. I, you know, it is just <laughs> a theory that they test the Death Star on Jeddah and it doesn't work. And that's when Darth Vader has to sort of hassle Krennic about why it's not working. Um, Mm. What do you reckon of that one, Jason? It's, it's completely possible. Um, the only thing I would say that, that works against that is everything that we've seen is with the uh, Death Star is that it, it's, I think it's near Scarif every time. Mm. And so, so we, don't, we don't know yet if the Death Star moves. Can it move at this point? Like, we don't exactly know what they're working on other than the fact that they put that giant laser in, you know, in the first trailer. Interesting. 
Interesting. I, gotta, um, I, have a, I have a question. Are they mining Scarif for kyber crystals? Is that a thing? That that I I have I have heard that, and I've also seen things that have uh, kyber crystal crates. They made a ton of them for, for the movie. So there's a big sequence that involves lots or sequences, and a sequence that involves a lot of kyber crystal crates, and. Um, I think it's from that set of the medical lab that we saw in the film, you know, or the uh, science lab, I should say, that Mads is on when he's older. And um, so I'm pretty sure that it, that, that has something to like do with it. And we know from the um, visual guides and those kinds of things that it, they were mining kyber crystals for TIE fighter lasers and stuff like that too. So they were kind of using the uh, Jedi technology against the Republic or the, the, the people of the empire. So, so by that then, that then, Jason, on the tropical planet, uh, are they not mining kyber crystals? They're just transporting them there because we're seeing That's the red containers. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they're they're doing any mining on Scarif. I, I think it's all on the other planets. Hmm. And there's even there's even some like some like uh, things that I they might be out by now. I'm not sure, but I, I had heard about them early, so I'm not sure where they're coming out. But that. Um, you know, Ilum is still around. Ilum, the uh, Jedi planet with the uh, with the crystals from the Clone Wars, where the little Gunji, little Wookiee Jedi goes to get his crystal with Ahsoka and all that. Yeah, um, that's the most it's all outstanding it, Star Wars planet. Yeah, it, 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 Ilum is is completely like messed up too. So it, it sounds like to me like they're setting up this climate for the Force Awakens era, where getting a Kyber crystal maybe isn't that easy, but. I, I'm not sure. That, that's kind of speculation, but that's what it sounds like. And, you know, like I said before, when you see Kylo Ren with that jacked up, like, lightsaber because, you know, it has a cracked crystal in it, it makes you think, well, why wouldn't he get a better one? And maybe it's just not that easy if they're not synthesizing them. Hmm. Hey, Brian, thanks so much. We've got a <laughs> bunch of calls, so I'm uh, going to keep it moving. But uh, feel free to call in any time. I'll whack you back on hold. All right, thank you. Thanks, thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Bye. All right, we are going to go to 201. Who are you and where are you calling from? Hey, this is uh, Rob from New Jersey. I'm back. Rob from New <laughs> Jersey. How are you going, buddy? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good. Is this Rob well, the lawyer? Yeah. Oh, my God. Buckle in, Jason. We are in for a well, bumpy ride. <laughs> there, there's, there's more people waiting to talk now, right? So I'm not, I don't have to just fill time for a half an hour. So thankfully. So, so um, I guess uh, I'll, I'll ask a question this time. Um, looking at the trailer, uh, I, I kind of like, I'm excited about this movie in a way that uh, is typically not a good sign about Star Wars movies. Like, if I'm really excited, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it can be a letdown. And I think what what I'm worried about this time is not really to the original Star Wars. It's like, we don't know exactly how close, but it, it seems to be like within days or weeks or whatever a space week is, you know. And uh, and that's got me worried about like, are they going to um, mess something up? Are they going to like do or like? I mean, is there anything you guys? Maybe I'm maybe I'm just uh, thinking overthinking this, which is usually the case. But like, is there anything you guys are like afraid of seeing in the movie? Like you're afraid they're going to go someplace and you but you suspect they will or uh, or do something or or. Uh, change something i i hmm. see concerns on that one rob just, I, and, and that's not just for this movie it's across the board like we cleared the deck with the expanded universe and you know moved on to this new canon and it seems almost immediately we're filling in like way too many gaps very rashly with with comics and stuff so I, I do worry about that sort of stuff. And, and there's a lot of people that really, you know, miss the Clone Wars and bring back the Clone Wars. But are there any Clone Wars left 
to be depicted. Like, how much time can you squeeze into the, what was it, two years or something? But how about you, Jason? You know, I'm more, I mean, I love Back to the Future, and I feel like I'm picking on it tonight, but I don't ever want, like, Back to the Future Part 2, the Star Wars movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want there to be, like, oh, here's, Here's the Rogue One team, and they're, they're on the Death Star at the same time Luke and Leia are, and we see Luke and Leia run by and then swing out. You know what I mean? And they're oh, doing yeah, that part. Like, terrible. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't ever want any stories that run concurrent to the classic films, you know? That's, I kind of would just rather yeah. the films live on their own. But, but like, as far as it goes, like, I don't think there's anything that Rogue One could do that's really going to hurt, like, A New Hope. I mean, here, my problem is more that it's going to, my suspicion is that they're going to do one thing in particular, they're going to mess up. Um, mm-hmm. And it's something that's always bugged me, and this isn't really a big problem. It's just like, uh, I'm more concerned, I just want the movie to be good, but there's one thing I really don't want them to do, which is, you know those white helmeted dudes that are on uh, Leia's ship at the very beginning of, of Star Wars? Yeah. Right? So, right. those guys have to be, Alderanian soldiers, he rebel soldiers, like generic rebel soldiers, right? Because right. when Darth Vader's on the ship, <coughs> Leia's excuse is, this is, a, this is a consular ship, we're on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. Um, why she's mm-hmm. on a diplomatic mission to her own planet, I'll never understand, but that, that's oh, where we this are. Is, this is classic lawyer Rob at work. I'm loving it. Go for it, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but if she says that, and those white helmets are just like the rebel uniform, then her excuse is terrible. Like Darth Vader wouldn't say like, you're part of the rebel alliance. You know, he would say you're with right. those dudes in the white helmets. They're rebels. Your life sucks. You know, like, yeah, yeah. But yet every time they're, they're shown in, um, you know, any kind of meat, like it, this has been going on for a long time. Like I think even the toy, even some of like the art books from 1977 and 78, Describe them as rebel soldiers. Yeah, rebel fleet uh, troopers. Them, uh, rebel fleet troopers, yeah. Right, which yeah, is... But, you, you know, but, but isn't Rogue One, like, a good sign that you know, we don't need to worry about that, though? Because, like, we're not seeing, like, all of that team and, and their support, like, wearing those outfits. You know, you're, yeah, that's true. They're wearing, like, the indoor fatigues, which... Um, yeah, indoor but, mixed up, yeah. Yeah, um, but the... So... But you see them all over. They're all over the temple. And afterwards, my thinking is that they've got to be uh, Alderanian, like uh, like the Merchant Marine or something, right? And so what, yeah. that just shows you how deeply involved Alderan was and how right uh, Vader and Tarkin are, that they're completely, like, in the tank for the rebels. In fact, they've actually seemed to be financing and, like, they've provided, like, uh, like uh, material support. Like, they're the guys fixing up the x wings and so I'm afraid well, they're Leia, like, huh? Go ahead. You know that Leia, Leia tells them we don't have any weapons, but well, if those are the Alderanians, we see them blasting stormtroopers in the beginning of the movie. I mean, right. I know that's they have to. Yeah, bizarre, that's, that's that's. Uh, I mean, you know, actually, here, I'll, I'll just like this is something that, although he probably does not remember saying this at all, it's just something Lucas actually spoke on in those very very early internal interviews that he did with the secretary where he, like, yeah. tried to take on the, the identities of different people. And he explained that the Alderanian, that, that, the, that those people were Alderanian troops, and they were, the Alderanian had to have somebody because they, had, they were a, a sophisticated force in the, in the galaxy. They had trade ships and stuff. Like, what happens if you get waylaid by pirates? Like, you just say, we don't have any weapons, like, be nice to us. You know, so they would right. be. And it makes sense, but that is, it's so ingrained in, like, the public consciousness of white helmets, rebels, um, that yeah. I'm afraid that they're just going to do it. I will throw in a bit of a devil, devil's advocate for your theory, which I love, but it could be a thing where, you know, how, you know, bringing in real world where America has given arms to, you know, a rebel group in the Middle East. Well, so, we wouldn't give them stuff with, like, American flags on it, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, we wouldn't give them our uniforms exactly. We'd give them, like, generic battle dress, Right. I don't know. These are these are tough times. These are tough times. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, yeah. some of the Death Star uh, personnel are just wearing the same helmets, but they're black. So another way of looking at it is that those are just uh, like Army Navy surplus in, in a galaxy far, far away, and everybody has like that's like the 
the normal generic uniform for like uh, you know a ship's security fleet. But then like why do they have like all these brown techs and stuff wearing it too? And, yeah, and also but, the guys, the honor guards, right? So right before the, the medal ceremony, there's two guys with huge ceremonial pikes uh, standing there as if there's some, like, wouldn't have any traditions. They're just a bunch of, like, losers and misfits from around the galaxy. They don't have, like, a whole, like, medal-giving ceremony already prepared, right? They don't have, they, they can't have that, that protocol down already, right? Rob, so, after this show, hmm. I'm going to be getting into the bathtub and getting a glass of wine, lighting some candles, and just listening to you say large ceremonial pipes for the rest of the evening. It's going to be uh, quite <laughs> okay, a time. Yeah. But, you know, but all it takes, all it takes for the you know for the contra rebel thing is for Pablo Hidalgo to draw a little line in one of those visual dictionaries and say outfits you know secretly donated by the old Iranian. Marine. Like, but why I mean, would they secretly donate outfits that look like their outfits? They would want to be drawing attention away from themselves. That doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I, I need to I need to like look look it up, but I seem to remember there being concept art for Revenge of the Sith for Captain Antilles and he has those rebel fleet troopers with him. As we were calling them, you know, rebel fleet troopers with him. Right. But that would be that would be an indication at that moment in time that it the artist at least was seeing them as Alderanian. Possibly, but you know, I mean, that and, whole, like the whole the whole thing with that ship in that movie being there makes no sense. Like, right. why? I mean, and why then, they did that is just asinine. Like, we'll, we'll set it up so that everything stays completely frozen for like twenty years, right. even though that's not and what happened. You know, it's like it's just yeah. Who knows what they were thinking when they did that? Like, let's make it as much then, like Star Wars as possible. I, I bet you Leia is on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan because the Senate is on Coruscant, where they nobody lives on their home planets anymore. So I mm-hmm. bet that right. she's supposed to but be she's, going back she's home. She's the representative to, to, of Alderaan. In the Empire's view, though, they may be using the Senate as representatives for the Empire. So it could be things are kind then of inverted sent, at that then moment. Then they sent like a person right. they suspected of being a rebel sympathizer. Then, like, I well, like no, Kurt, I, I don't think they sent her. I think that it, they came up with the lame brain excuse to go back home because it was just a cover to take the plans home. Right. I mean, the idea that they, yeah, that they were just because they same transmissions were beamed aboard this ship by rebel spies, which means that they were in flight and either passing by a point where they were supposed to be, so they could receive like a shortwave signal or they got the signal somehow while they were in transit to do something else and they're like yeah. oh crap we got to go give this to, to Ben Kenobi on Tatooine because we totally know where he is and we'll find him on this giant dust ball planet somehow we'll know exactly where he is um, that's just that's <laughs> Star Wars logic like Yoda, you know Yoda's house happens to be right where Luke lands it's, it's like every planet is about the size of a Wendy's you know Oh, but like, Randy, yeah. you have to understand. You have to understand. It's, it's also right? a movie. Yeah. It's also a movie. Now, Rob, yeah. um, <laughs> before well, you yeah, go, before you go, before yeah. you go, Rob, um, I like love it when you call out, in. Huh? I love it when you call in. I would ask in future to try not and talk over everyone because it really cuts up the conversation. I would love to know what's your favorite part of the trailer. Um, of this one. Yeah, honestly, this like there, there wasn't anything in this trailer that really jumped out at me. Like what I loved about the last one was when the when uh, Jin Erso is uh, on, like on that some kind of tower thing, and then the Tie Fighter just shows up, and it's like, oh wow, that's right, those things would be really big compared to a normal person. Like they're huge. It's like it was just an interesting like thing. For, I just love seeing some example of scale like that, and it also just looked like a really cool but subtle thing that they did. So, yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, I can keep listening after you, you, you kick me out, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll put you okay, back on great. hold. And, um, yeah, and, and, and keep calling in, but let, let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. I, you you no, bring in... No. You, you bring... Go. I prefer my conversations to be a one-way tube, conduit of ideas from my mouth to your ears. That's how no, <laughs> All right, I'll be better. All right, I'm sorry. sorry Later, dude. I, I love, you've got great concepts and stuff, but we just need to discuss, discuss. You, 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 I, like, I know whenever I need a lawyer, I'm, I'm coming for you, buddy. 
Oh, please now. Dude, I would be so unhappy, though, if I was, like, kind of, like, on on a kick about realism in Star Wars. Like, I hope I never get on one. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go crazy, man. I'll start, like, oh, yeah, no, stars it, it and stuff and keeping my piss. I, I'll go nuts. Long oh, yeah, it would be awful. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, it would be terrible. <laughs> All right, one Rob. ecosystem, period. Talk to you later. We'll talk to you soon. Rob the lawyer. That is, uh, Rob needs more chamomile tea in his life, less Red Bull, I think. <laughs> I, I think that, that could be it. There is, um, ah, it, it, is, it is very hard to even put together a thought in that, but I, I love the way he, he tackles Star Wars. It's, it's very, very entertaining. I think it's Boba Fett. It could be the ghost of Darth Vader reincarnated. I think it's Ezra. If you are sick of hearing terrible, terrible Snoke theories, you need the Your Snoke Theory Sucks t-shirts and stickers available exclusively from SteelWars.com. The tees are screen printed, not digital printed, screen printed on the highest quality AAA all-style apparel t-shirt blanks so they will last you until episode 9. When you can prove everyone wrong. Plus, when you purchase either the stickers or the t-shirt, you immediately get 10 premium Steel Wars episodes. That's 10 hours of instant bonus content. Check it all out at SteelWars.com. Let's go to our next call. It is 626. No, it is 662. Who might you be and where you're calling from? What's up, guys? This is Halls from Blue Harvest and Rogue One. Yeah! Halsey, what's going on, my man? Oh, not much, man. I just got done listening to the Megapod. And uh, (laughs) dear Lord, dear Lord, Mike Pappas, we have some things to talk about. All right. Well, well, just so everyone knows, when we were in New York Comic Con last week, uh, the guys from most of the crew from Rogue One and most of the crew from Star Wars Underworld and myself did a very late night uh, alcohol-affected megapod, which the first uh, part of it just went up on Steel Wars on the feed and then the Star Wars Underworld will be posting their part and then uh, Rogue One will be posting theirs but it is it is a bit unhinged uh Hawes, what did you make of this trailer mate uh, i really dug it uh, i was actually calling to see if you guys thought like you know the first trailer that we got back in april do you think any of that stuff is going to be missing from the movie because of the reshoots and stuff that's what i've been kind of wondering lately i would i would i would count on it i mean i don't i don't know this for, for certain but I mean, number one, out of all of the, the teasers and trailers and TV spots that we're going to get, when you put it all together, there's going to be stuff that isn't in the film for sure. And then I'm right. sure that it, and then, but, but the hard thing to, to tell is when we get an alternate take, like when they, you remember, remember in the first, or in that TFA trailer, Chewie, We're Home? That's a different take right. than the one used in the film. And it wasn't, and, and that, that drove me up the wall. You liked it better in the trailer? It, it, well, I just think that we got, like, as fans, we grew so attached to that cut and that take. And right. um, same with the It's True, All of It. And, like, it, it became, in those months, it became iconic. Like, yeah. And, and now I think, um, is it, which, and one of the lines isn't even, like, that way anymore. Is it It's True, All of It? There's something yeah. else. In that in that cut now, there's something else in it. So if you you quote that, it's not even it's a trail quote. It's not a movie quote. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so 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 I would I would count on some of that having having shifted or changed, but also just the fact that it if they were to add on to a scene or having having cut something, decided that if they were going to add something to a cut moment to make it flow better because like, so that it wasn't so jilted. They, they may have reshot the scene just to make it flow in, in one shot and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, w- I would bet on there being a, being a few things at least changed. 
But I don't think yeah, we're I, ever going to know the uh, true story of that for a long oh, time. Yeah, if ever. I think uh, the one thing I thought was kind of weird is, you know, I don't know, in the second trailer they gave us that brief little glimpse of Vader at the end. And I guess yeah. it's supposed to be like they're almost chewy, we're home. And then in this trailer, like, we just see him walking up to Krennic, like, all badass and stuff. And, like, I don't know. It, it seems like they could have done a cooler reveal in the second trailer. And then, like, not that the shot with him and Krennic wasn't cool, but I don't know. It just seemed like, oh, and by the way, here's Vader. Do you guys know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was kind of like when, like, somebody, like, like, a, like a musician you like is on a song, and then you go listen to it, and it's like, oh, they do some backups. They do some overdubs. Who cares? It's kind of like that right. here because, it, it, yeah, there, there could have been a really great moment with, with Vader in there. They didn't give that to us. And it makes me almost wish that instead those moments were supplanted with something else, something more interesting, something from the film right. that was, you know, unique to Rogue One. And I, I know that it's, they're, they're probably doing it because the cat got out of the bag. And then they're probably doing it because character recognition is everything. You look at, you know, Iron Man 5 and all that, you know? So it makes, so I could see why they're like, why they're doing that. But I hope, I hope his stuff in the film is more interesting than, than that. And right right now we don't actually have concrete proof that he fights in the, in the final film. You know what I mean? Everything Hmm. was like concepts. I know, I know on the stunt suit that was created for the film, like the bottom of the mask is like rubber. And, and they actually made that for, for, for that film. And that, that allows Darth Vader to kind of turn his head and be, be more flexible in fights and stuff like that. And that's in the, in the uh. stunt version of the suit. So, so, so they, they made a stunt suit, which means that they intend for him to do something in this film other than walk down hallways really fast and angry. Do you think right. that might be actually part of the film storyline like like Krennic goes to punch him in the in the jaw and it's rubber and it bounces back do you think that might be a, a hidden feature to the Darth Vader suit he's all he's all he's all I need power I need more money to build the Death Star and he's like we're cutting corners look at my mask now and he just kind of like catches in and just kind of flips in the wind yeah currently yeah. Ben Burtz at Skywalker Ranch working on a sweet boing sound effect <laughs> I know they don't want to over-promote Darth Vader. Like, they don't want to do a Suicide Squad where people expect tons of the Joker and he's not really in it. And, but I just think they have botched Vader's promotion from the get-go. From the little blurb down the bottom of the Entertainment Weekly cover through to yeah. all these reveals. Like, at, at Star Wars Celebration, his, we were there waiting for that Darth Vader version of the Chewy We're Home. And we got some trippy lava lamp thing that we kind of didn't know what, like we didn't have, we didn't know what our reaction should be. And you're playing (laughs) with these, you're playing with these characters and these visuals that we've grown up with. It's so easy to toy with our emotions. Do it. Make me Mm -hmm. tear up. Like make me like, like, mess with me. And I, I, I really right. think with Darth Vader that they just haven't done it. I, I, yeah, on, yeah. On, on the episode with Maud that I did, I, I thought at the end, like the end little uh, sting could have been the Darth Vader version of, remember in the Phantom Menace trailer how there was the wipe them out, all of them? It could have just been yeah. a Darth Vader line like that that just made you go, yes. Vader, ticket purchasing, merchandise purchasing, let's go. But they didn't. It was, it was too vague and it was too, like, I don't even know for the average person that watches at once, are they really going to pick up on that much Vader? Well, that was the other thing. The, 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 the preview was very, the trailer was very, it was too much for one. It was like way too much for one viewing. Whereas the Force Awakens trailer's got a lot of, um, they got this because there was so much black. But that also gave the viewer time to comprehend what they just saw. Right. What if James Earl Jones hasn't done his ADR yet and they don't have it? Bet he has. Um, they've already talked about yeah, how I, 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 it wants to record. He, he's done some, yeah, but he'll, he'll, he'll no doubt go back and do it all again. 
So this might be saving you from one of those moments where they change the uh, line. And you're like, it was better before. Or I got used to it. It got iconic in that way. So this might oh. be saving you a headache down the road. How dare you, Jason Ward, use two of my people <laughs> against me? I'm putting you on hold. Let's get the warrior back. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Uh, Hawes, what else have you got? Um, let me see. Oh, so I was thinking about this thing today. It's a little episode eight related. All right. And uh, I know The Force Awakens caught some crap for being too nostalgic. But Steel, I wanted to pick your brain on this. What would you think about, let's say, in episode eight, Luke's back is up against the wall. He's in serious trouble. And old R2-D2 rolls right up, pops his dome open and shoots the saber out at him. Do I have to answer this? I've, I've already got goosebumps. Calls. I've already got goosebumps. I I thought one of the one one of my like the biggest regrets I think of the Revenge of the Sith production was when Anakin and everyone was trapped on the bridge of uh, Grievous's ship, and right R two does the electric. You know, he pops out every USB port he has to electrocute everyone. In the cinema, I was just like, he's going to shoot up a lightsaber. He's going to shoot up a lightsaber. Anakin's going to grab it and, and, and just clean house. What an awesome callback or call forward or whatever. And they didn't do it. So, you know, hashtag ignite the green. Any way that Luke Skywalker, I'm terrified he's not going to do it. Like, any way that guy can get his hands on a lightsaber. I'm not at all racist, but please let it be a green one. And clean some house. <laughs> Let's, let's get some Knights of Ren and let's kick him to the curb. Let's go bowling. Yeah. I just wonder, because wasn't there some uh, quotes from Mark Hamill, like back before episode seven, where he was talking about how he wasn't really interested in doing lightsaber combat yeah. in the new movies and stuff. And granted, like, you know, they could still be like, well, here's a buttload of money to do some, to swing a lightsaber around. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Good call. But, you know, it just makes me wonder. Yeah, but how much lightsaber battling did Christopher Lee do? That is a good point. I mean, that's not my a whole one lot. good point of the episode. That's it. That's <laughs> all hey, Hawes, thanks so much for calling in. If uh, listeners don't already listen to uh, Rogue One, a podcast for winners and Blue Harvest, you're doing yourself a disservice. I uh, love listening to this guy. And uh, we'll have to get you in as a host uh, pretty soon, buddy. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. All right. Good night, man. Cheers, man. You're back on hold so you can keep listening. And uh, just a tip, if you are on hold, um, if you are on the phone after we go over time, you can keep listening to the show and we'll also get to your calls. We've got about 17 minutes left and a few people on hold. I believe our next caller is calling in via Skype. So if you are Skype and on hold, who are you and where are you calling from? Hi, this is Tom from UK. Hey, Tom. Is this Tom that just finished his Lego set? Yes, this is Whisper Tom. Nice, Tom. What time is it over in the UK, mate? It is quarter to three in the morning. Yeah. That is dedication. That is dedication. Yeah. Um, Tom yeah, was yeah. just tweeting me that he was he's just finishing his uh, U-Wing Lego fighter. And uh, is it as spectacular as it looks in the photos? It is indeed. And it is also way too big to fit on my shelf. So, <laughs> don't know what to do with it. To quote another great movie, we're going to need a bigger shelf. Um, <laughs> do the wings swing open? Yeah, they do, and it's like it's like oh. seventy-five centimeters long. It's ridiculous in its full mode. Nice, nice. Hey, uh, Tom, Tom, what do you think of that? Tri- I, I have like little kids. I can't get them, and and I, I'm glad you got to do it. But now I'm I'm more bummed about it. I, I need to get like an adult room where there's like adult things like coffee and Legos, <laughs> where, where where the kids can't play. Why don't you just leave it at Randy's <laughs> house? Like, like you left that T-shirt I gave you. What? I have the T-shirt. I left it the one time. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, oh but, no, but, but it, it ends bad because it got washed and now it's pink. 
Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. Uh, Tom, uh, what'd you make of that trailer, mate? Pretty cool, I'd say. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much did everything I wanted it to. Um, you know, it had the same hype as the previous ones. I'm glad they used original music instead of just a remix of the Imperial March. I'm very pleased that we did that. Uh, like, yeah. I was feeling like, I want to get an idea of what the score's going to sound like, not just what the trailer music's going to sound like. And I know the music from the trailer probably won't be in the film, but, you know, I, I don't just want the same music again. So I was pleased with that. And, uh, yeah, I'd say my favourite line was the make ten men feel like a hundred thing. I thought that was great. Uh, the Clone Wars were like the like this year outnumberment they used to have in that show. Yeah, you had a, a bit of a theory on uh, Now's is podcasting about the ten men feel like a hundred line, Jason. Well, no, I, I was kind of just asking the question of, yeah, is she trying to get is she trying to get Jen to go give a speech to all of the all of the guys there or guys and ladies that are there, or is he or is he just talking about like older times and the Jedi and stuff like you know what I mean? I was like, what what, what does that mean? Like, is that what 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 is he trying to to, to do there? Because he he's saying that to like Jen, and it's like she's kind of already in on the mission, so it must be the pep talk, right? Uh, and I have to say. I love a pep talk. Like, that, that, that speech they give in Independence Day, the first one, like, today, <laughs> this will be our Independence Day. Like, that made me proud to be an American. And I've said it before, <laughs> I'm Australian. So that's how good a, a line that was. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, with Star Wars, I want my emotions pulled. So all that sort of corny rah, 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 speech stuff, just give it to me. Do you know what I mean? I, I love, you know, the, the, the person that dismisses the force by the end of the movie wishing, uh, you know, may the force be with you. That's great stuff. I, I'm really into it. What, what, what sort of, uh, any, any visuals that you love, Tom? Uh, yeah, I'd say the, the ending scene where Baze and Chirrut are running through the village, like there's an ATACT right behind them. I thought that was brilliant. Uh, oh, okay, so that one, that's fascinating because I thought that was a flat way to end, you know, maybe I wanted a, a bit of a reveal, but you were feeling that, so that's uh, very interesting. Yeah, I think it was the way that the thump of the ATACT's foot linked in perfectly with the musical cue, so it was like full-on, like, drumbeat, and I just thought that fit perfectly for the end of the trailer. Nice. Very, so, very... So it worked. It worked for, for, it worked for someone. Yeah, well, I, I, I always <laughs> say Star Wars appeals to people, you know, in many different ways. So there's, uh, you know, there's no right or wrong, but quite often I am right. Maybe on this one, <laughs> I'm, I have to change what I said. You know, I have to pull George Lucas and change the story like 14 times. Wanna, yeah, like if you want to, like, more... Uh, pretentious way of putting it, I guess, like like more justified <laughs> way of saying why it was my favourite. I'd probably say that like all the other trailers have ended on like a hero shot or something and because this film is very like person centred, there's no real hero, it's all just like a group of people. I kinda like mm -hmm. the way it didn't end on just like a major reveal. It was just boots on the ground, this is what the film's gonna be like. Don't expect tons of hero shots. Like I kinda it gave me more of a feel for the film. Yeah, I, I just think I, I think it was sort of like maybe it was the pacing of the previous trailers, and you know when it went to black, I was just like, "Come on, come on!" It's going to reveal, you know, something the the, rever the, the return of Klee Glass, you know, that it was, <laughs> was blowing everyone away. Anything else on your mind there, Tom? Yes, uh, very last quick question. Um, yeah, other than the one which. Other than the one which was unfortunately spoiled for us at Star Celebration, other than that character, who do you think will die in this film? Other than the one that was unfortunately spoiled at Celebration. I, I, I will bet lots of money that... No more Mendo. R.I.P. Mendo. I can't see him making it through. Well, he's not on the Death Star, so we know he doesn't get the job. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. um, in terms I, of, I think um, he's, I like, think he's getting set up for the very satisfying um, death. I the only thing with that though is yeah, you know, and people say oh it's going to be Dark Vader. You've got to be careful not to turn Darth Vader into too much of an anti-hero. Like, you've got to keep Darth Vader, you know, pretty villainous. Like, and if he kills Krennic, it might be a, I don't know, like a, a, a time when, you you know, the audience is cheering Vader. And so right. while, while, you know, on the surface, you might go, oh, that'd be very satisfying. I, I think in the the long-term storytelling of Star Wars, it might not be the best of the character of Darth Vader. Yeah. What if, what if, what if KTSO sacrifices himself for his best friend? And it's like, Oh man, robots do have feelings. I reckon, no. we, I reckon we could be seeing that one as well. <laughs> I think, I think, uh, I think that probably a uh, Bodie would most likely die. Like the shot of him from the trailer where he's like hiding behind the crates. Looks like he's contemplating something, and like yeah. he's a like he's a shuttle pilot. And in all the, all the previous trailers, we've seen the shuttle get blown up. And it looks like the same landing pad. So it's like maybe he's sacrificed himself. He's run into the shuttle. He gets in the shuttle, and the shuttle gets blown up. That's what I'm thinking happens. Oh uh, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like him to get killed in a, a shuttle that's still low. Like uh, that's sort of yeah. a that's a bit of a punk bitch way to go out. It's um. It's very Godfather, though, but um, I hope, yeah, I, I just think maybe a, a bit more of a, a dramatic sort of uh, action, action-filled death. Yeah. And, and it might not be very cool if, like, the only Pakistani guy in Star Wars we have so far, like, suicide bombs a spaceship. You know, they might not want to do that either. Just from, you know, like, from, from a, that would be kind of messed up. So I kind of... That was kind of what everyone thought that was, was that he was going and sneaking on the ship and blowing himself up with, with the ship. That was the popular theory last night. And I was like, I don't know about that one. Yeah, it's interesting. We actually just lost Tom, but thanks for calling in, mate. I really appreciate it. Hi, Tom. It, it, it's weird. I, I've talked about this before when people were saying they, their theory was that Ray was the reincarnation of Anakin Skywalker. And, and, and you have right. to sometimes think of the real-world ramifications of that. And it's like, right. you know, it was such an empowering, you know, female role model. Like, it, it did wonders. It, it, it sort of changed the face of Star Wars. And then to say, oh, it's just a man reincarnated, it, it's like, oh, like, yeah. that is, that is going to be, there's going to be some pretty sweet petitions after that one. No, no, I mean, it would really, really have to, to really lay out that it, like, gender is, or, you know, a binary, sex is genetic. It would have to, like, lay all that out and really make it very clear to make that a positive, like, a positive, that, it, that she's a reincarnation of the chosen one. You know what yeah. I mean? And that it could be man or woman. It could be done in a good way, but the amount of work it would take for a Star Wars film just seems way too, too convoluted and difficult. I just want to see green lightsaber ignited. I don't want to hear about that. Um, we've got about six minutes left and we've got four people on hold and do not fret people on hold. We will get to you. Uh, we'll probably get to 614 before we go into the bonus section and then 412, 714 and 314. We'll get to you in the bonus section. So please hold on. We'd love to chat. But 614... Uh, who are you, and where are you calling from? Hey, guys, this is Tom in Ohio. Um, or as Randy reads my emails on uh, Now This Is Podcasting, Tom King, King Tom. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm good, <laughs> <Hey, dude>. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> this, um, podcast, this, this podcast is more intertwined than how people want the canon of Star Wars to be. Everyone's popped up <laughs> in a different storyline. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, no, but thank you for taking my call. I, I watched the, uh, the trailer with my four-year-old son before I took him to school yesterday. And I know, Steele, I think you have some people on Twitter say, you know, they were complaining because they didn't get where Rogue One fit in with the storyline. And he, even he got, you know, he's four years old, and even he got that it wasn't episode eight. So <laughs> I don't 
I don't get the problem that people have, but the, the two moments in the trailer that stood out to me, uh, and I really haven't seen many people talk about the first one, but the ATST in that city. Yeah, that was badass. Yeah, I mean, I like, you know, I like the new tanks and the new versions of the AT-ATs and the 15 new versions of the Stormtroopers, but it's nice to see them bring that back into one of the movies. Yeah, I um, have to say, the screw tanks. I've seen a tank. I've touched a tank. I want lasers perched on legs running down the street. That's the shit. And I was so happy. And that is one of the benefits of CGI, like to see like a flowing ATST go through this town. Like it still had, you know, they've done an amazing job of sort of, sort of replicating the joltiness of the stop motion ATST. But yeah. like in this in this new like it, it was just it was fantastic. People go on about CGI or practical effects, and it's the merging of the two that you know like a, a pretty. From what I understand, that set is there's a lot of practical elements to that set with a bit of blue screen at the back, and then to have this CGI ATST come rocketing down, just you know, just messing shit up. Awesome. Great stuff. Right. right. I love seeing that. And then the, the hints of the, the space battle at the end. Oh. With the, the X-Wings and then the, the, you barely see it, the Rebel fleet coming in. That's, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I was so amped. I was not ready for it to see X-Wings back in space. Like, right. X-Wings X-wing, over the ocean mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm was great or over the, the lake in uh, the force awakens. Like it was a, such a, a fresh new way to see an X wing, but to get him back in space again, I was that, that warmed the cockles of my, you know, four year old steel was very excited about that. And four year old steel and adult steel share a lot of the same views. Are we going to see much space battle? Did you, were you aware that we were going to see a bit of space action, Jason? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I did, but I wasn't, I didn't know about that giant wheel, that giant, like, space station kind of thing that, it, that if they're going up against. That was, that was, like, news to me. I had seen, I, you know, I had, I had seen this, uh, this, uh, this photos of this giant set, this, like, giant screen that goes all the way around, and they would put the ships, I, they actually, they've actually shown it now, and there was, like, a, a ships on, on a gimbal, and when I saw there, I saw some of the, some of the uh, light speed and the atmospheric flight stuff, and uh, so, like, if you notice that shot of them going to light speed in, in it, that's done mm-hmm. on that giant screen. So it looks oh. so good. It looks so awesome. And, and so I can't wait to actually see what the space battle looks like when they're actually showing, like, from the fighter pilot's side and stuff. I hope we get a lot of that. Now, now could the, that, that, that thing in space sort of be a reused version, like a rehashed use of the array thing from uh, The Force Awakens that was sort of... Um, you know, it was it was part of yeah. the, the plot for the end of the Force Awakens. It, it sort of got ditched. Could that be a rehash of that? I would I would say probably not because the array ended up in the, the Lego Star Wars Force Awakens game. So if they let ah. it go in there, I doubt mm. that they would let it, a central part of that film, you know, fall that way. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was kind of a decision to cut the space battle from Force Awakens to some extent because they were going to do one in Rogue One. I could kind of see that having been part of the part of the uh, decision, not the reason, but part of the overall. Let's let let's trim all of that down. But interesting. Maybe they'll get one in ep- episode eight. Uh, there will be a space a, battle here. Yeah, there. I, I don't know if there's going to be a giant space battle in episode eight, but I know that it like from the stuff that I've seen that it, there's a ton of stuff shot in space for the for that movie. Hey, I'm just going to jump in for a second. Tom, stay on the line. We'll keep talking to you. We're about to go into the bonus section. If you want to hear the bonus section, you need to become a Steel Wars supporter. There'll be, if you're listening to this on demand, there'll be info about it after the show. We will be doing this again next week, probably with Sal from Making Star Wars. We'll be talking Star Wars Rebels. So stay on the social media and we will tweet out the time. Jason Ward, uh, making Star Wars now. This is podcasting. The review episode is now up. That absolutely is. Thank you. 
You can get that at makingstarwars.net. And we are cutting out. If you're on hold, stay with us. And we are now in the bonus section. The bonus, bonus section, you guys. Here's something I, I was interested to talk about. We saw... Hey, you guys. Thanks for listening to the Steel Wars live call-in show. It looks like... Check with Facebook, check the site, check with Twitter. But if all things go to plan, we'll be doing another one this weekend with a bit of a focus on the first few episodes of Star Wars Rebels. So if you've got thoughts, feelings, questions, concerns, considerations, I don't know, feel free to call in and chat, chat, chat. It is the best fun. And listen live, join in on the chat room and uh, follow along. Get involved. So that will be, if you're on the west coast of the USA, that is 6pm, east coast 9pm, and if you are on Australian Daylight Savings Time, it is 12 midday on the Saturday. And all the details are at steelwars.com. If you want to hear the bonus show, me and Jason go another 55 or so minutes. Uh, all you have to do is become a Steel Wars supporter. It is about $3 Australian. Well, it is $3 Australian. And uh, that works out to about $2.20 American. About a pound and a half in the UK. And for that, you support the Steel Wars podcast for a month. You get access to our full archives, all our back episodes, full-length interviews, our LA Podfest episode. You get the full-length audio of that, and you get bonus shows at the end of the call-in shows as well. You get the Gonk and Steel's Trash Compactor show, listener Q&As, comedy commentaries to Star Wars A New Hope, and more stuff. Tons of stuff. All for... Just $3. And you keep the main shows going. You get the call-in show uh, almost every week. We're getting back into it now that I'm settled in in America a little bit more. And, of course, you get the weekly Steel Wars show. And on this week's bonus show of the call-in show, we, of course, take more calls. We get through everyone that was on hold. And then Jason and I talk about varied things. Um, Have I solved a Big Rogue One mystery? Jason thinks I may have. We talk about the mysterious planet X that is referenced in production notes for Rogue One. Is it a actual in-universe or an out-of-universe reference? Uh, we talk about the baffling nature of the early Star Wars scripts, a relieving reveal about Jin Erso. We discuss an intriguing Death Trooper theory that I picked up from... A kind of connected Star Wars person. We talk about the various possible backstories for Rey and if any of them are a good idea. We talk Kyber Crystals and Jedi Temples and so much more. Love talking Star Wars with Jason. So it is quite a good bonus show, you guys. And you're missing it out if you're not a Steel Wars supporter. You'd actually be listening to the continuation of the show rather than me go on about the continuation of the show all on an exclusive RSS feed direct into your podcatcher of choice. Um, Good time to sign up now because uh, there'll be no regular episode this week because we did this week's episode last week because we put up the uh, trailer reaction with myself and Maud Garrett's. Also, make sure you did not miss any content from last week. There was a flurry of uploads from New York Comic Con. We had my one-on-one interview with Steve and Joe from Hasbro, which was very informative, very enlightening. People seem to have loved that. There is the full-length panel of the Star Wars Riders Roundtable from New York Comic Con. And then there is the Steel Wars part of the Megapod, where... Three podcasts come together very late at night in New Jersey with many beers and we recorded a podcast of mega pod proportion. Uh, I started it off and then the Star Wars Underworld took the middle portion and then it all ends up at Rogue One, a podcast for winners. So make sure you've caught up so much content, you guys. And if you like it, if you're enjoying it, give us a retweet. 
give us a little share on Facebook or Instagram. And of course, get on that iTunes and write a sweet five-star review. It makes the work all the more worthwhile, you guys. I say this in a sarcastic tone, but I actually mean it. I don't know. I've got emotional issues, so I need your support. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) We are, of course, part of the Making Star Wars podcast network. MakingStarWars.net is the hub of news and rumors on the internet all about Star Wars. No one does it better. I can say that with no false bias. Now this is podcasting the flagship show. They've already put up their Rogue One reaction. I think I will be on next Monday's show. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Got the Cantina cast. They're back at it. Mike and Joa. Idiot's Array for great Star Wars conversation. Tarkin's Top Shelf for book and comic insight. Rogue One for, I don't know what they do. They talk about Star Wars and call out people. It's a crazy time over there. Rebel Girl, they've just got up their new episode with a trailer reaction. And I imagine the Force Cult will be putting up a trailer reaction also. So check all that out at makingstarwars.net. Hope to chat to you. Call in. It is so much fun to have uh, like all these people from around the world call in. Uh, so if you've got some thoughts on Star Wars Rebels or anything Star Wars, uh, we'll see you on the call-in show this weekend. May that force be with you. <laughs>